0: Hello and welcome to the Hemlock Husky podcast. In this episode, Superintendent Don Killingbeck speaks with Josh Chase and Keith Green, our middle school and high school principal and athletic directors. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Doing great. you for having us. Doing great, Don. Thanks for uh, giving us this opportunity to talk about sports. Well, this this episode on the, the podcast is called the Athletic Edition. And so we kind of want to talk about fall sports and and how things went and where we see winter sports going and where our athletic programs going in general. So can you tell me in one word or phrase, and I know that's a really difficult thing when you're thinking about fall 2020, can you tell me one word or phrase that would describe our athletics this fall? I guess, I guess I could kick it off. Uh, The word that comes to my mind is uh, flexibility. Um, the, the way that our athletes have had to deal with the starting and stopping of their seasons has been pretty hard on them, and uh, it's been very uh, admirable for me to see how they've been able to adjust and improvise through all of this. I can't imagine having to deal with this as a, as a middle school-age student. So it's been pretty remarkable to watch. Well, and I would say, you know, mine, mine would be uh, two words, emotional roller coaster. Um we we went from not knowing what was gonna happen at the season. I remember uh speaking with our football players uh in August, telling them that the season was over. That it was over and uh seeing the kids have tears in their eyes at that point because everything that they've worked for for so long was is was just gone and taken away. Um then it then it had a high because it came back and then we were we're fortunate to get much of our season in. We actually played um, our complete schedule um, after our first three games that were uh, canceled right out because of the, the COVID um, shutdown from the whole state. We were able to get our season in, and, and it was to see the excitement of some of our successes we had um, to the last game of the year and, and having more tears on the field because of the, the last loss of a, of a football game. Um so I'd say it was an emotional roller coaster. You know, for me as you know, outside looking in, one of the things I'd have to say about our our athletes and our athletic program, our coaches, you know, everybody associated with it. The one word that just jumps out to me, and I was thinking I might hear it from one of the two of you is tenacity. It just seemed like a dog with a bone. Like when we were able to compete, that our kids, our athletes, our coaches, uh-oh. our athletic directors, everybody showed up to compete. And uh, we had a, a great um, you know, start to our season and a great finish to, to each of our seasons uh, as the teams competed. So with that, in your mind, what are some of the highlights? I mean, we've got you know, a number of sports teams going on. We've got cross country, tennis, volleyball, soccer, football. What are some of the big moments in fall 2020? Yeah, we we had a list. I mean, that's the nice thing. When I, you know, started compiling my uh, list of of our successes that we had this year, um, we had we had in tennis. We had Max Hoffey that went undefeated on the season, winning every game in straight sets. He never lost a set. Um, That's that's incredible um, what he did. Um, You know, to soccer having uh, winning the district game in a shootout against Shepard and Shepard, you know, has vanquished us for a couple of years in the, in the district. So that was, mm-hmm. that was fantastic to get that in. Uh, but I'd be remiss, you know, I'm a, a parent of a football player too. So I'd be remiss not to talk about the incredible comeback, uh, against bullet Creek. We were down 26 in the first quarter and we came back to win that game by 16 or the game against Millington, which was the number two team in D six. Uh, we beat them, um, you know, we had our middle linebackers that had 43 tackles combined, and we had uh, beat them on a, a last-second hurrah bomb from Dylan McGraw to Corbin Larkin on an 86-yard touchdown. And uh, you look at those opportunities for those kids that, if we would not have had the opportunity to play, would have never happened. And um, you know, uh, it was exciting—exciting exciting to be part of, of of all of those those opportunities. Yeah, definitely an outstanding. Uh, fall season. In particular, when it comes to football, one of the things that, you know, I just really admired from that uh, group of young men and, and coaches is the, the ability to play every down and play it, you know, all the way through. That, hey, this could be the play that wins the game. And so many times, you you know, we watch them thread that needle um, where they they had comeback victories and and played really hard all the way to the end and just just an outstanding performance by by that team. The other you know, you know stand I think you know we had a sophomore uh, cross country runner go to states and uh, perform I think very well all season. Just an outstanding young lady in uh, Chloe Watson, and uh, so we had a lot of. Uh, you know, things going right this fall. So is there any special recognition this fall? I know things, typically the fall season ends and the accolations may continue all the way through the new year. And so, but are there some things that have come in that are worth, you know, noting about the the fall season and our athletes and teams? Well, we, we had a lot of our students were honored uh, with all-conference honors. Uh, we had, in volleyball, we had Cassie Peek as an all-conference performer and Claire Watson as an honorable mention performer. Uh, in cross-country we had Tyler Jones and Carson Penny along with Chloe Watson that you already mentioned uh, were honorable, honorable mention performers. And, and Chloe uh, not only qualifying for states this year, she's qualified last year also. So every year that she's been in cross-country, she's had the chance to go to Brooklyn and run. Um Soccer, we had five All-Conference performers with Ethan Vietti and Evan Noel and Nolan Finkbeiner, Dakota Ross and Colt Marino. Um, you know, they did fantastic. And and in football, we had nine first-teamers that that were honored in the first team of the T V C on offense and defense combined. Um, along with those those nine, those nine, we also had seven of those of those players were honored with All-Region. Um, recognition also, and along with mm-hmm. Coach Clark getting um, honored the Coach of the Year in the region by his peers. And so those are those are all great awards, and we're still hoping to have a few more uh, they are going to be coming out from uh, the dream teams in all states. So are, is that probably, you know, to hear nine, you know, all-conference players, is that that's got to be some of the highest numbers we've ever had or in well, recent the, history? We, the, we won the conference. Mm-hmm. So oh, we, that's true. So we're you know when you win the conference, you have the better kids that are out there, um, and you have more opportunities to get you know to get more people recognized. You get to um, you get you get to put more people up for those awards also, uh, but your own coach can't vote for the kids. So just because you're you're nominated for an award doesn't mean that you're going to win it. And and then we had two of our uh, just talking about football, we had two of our players, the only two in the conference with uh, Dylan Legro and Braden Green um, were the only two unanimous selections in the conference. Um, so that was, uh, that was a, a great honor for them. It is. Well, this, um, this fall, we also had a signing, a college signing for a, a young lady to go, uh, play at, uh, CMU. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Keith? Well, it's, you left out a fantastic young lady, uh, I, I haven't seen anyone work as hard as Madison Martinez um, at, at the craft of, that she has. Uh, she works year long uh, working on softball. She travels doing her travel softball, um, and she had the opportunity. I, I was excited last spring when I got a phone call from um, from Madison, just letting me know that she was uh, offered a um, position for, at CMU. So she is. She, so this fall we. On the the day that we could have our signing, we uh, brought uh, her family in. We brought a few students in. We had to obviously social distance, yeah. distance, and and wear masks and and uh, obey all the the guidelines. Uh, but it was uh, an opportunity for for her to show all of her her peers, um, you know, the success that she's had and how it's paid off. And now. She's a she's a Division one softball player, and that's I can't wait to continue to watch her play for CMU. Yeah, that's fantastic. See one C- year with one year with us too. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's kind of a, a weird situation. So you have seniors that haven't played in eighteen months signing for a sport, uh, you know, like uh, like she did, you know, because her last season would have been her sophomore year. And she's signing, you know, the fall of her senior year. So that's a very kind of an interesting uh, situation that not only herself is in, but many other players as well as their selected yeah, colleges. You know, it, that's that's been a, a downside of the shutdown, you know, no doubt. Um, the camps that that students generally go to this year, um, this year I know we were, we were intending on taking our son to uh, six to ten different uh, football camps. Uh, this year and everyone was canceled. So that was a, you know, that, that was a, that was a downside of what we had to do, but that she also showed what Madison has done um, through her summer teams and through uh, just her connections that she's made through her hard work to, to earn such a, an honor to get that, that scholarship at CMU. So what is on the horizon as we look to the, the, the winner, you know, we know that the the governor's going to be making announcements here but what is on the horizon as far as what do we know? From well, say From a middle school standpoint, um, we're still in the holding pattern. And, uh, you know, we will await the direction from the governor's office to see which way we'll go. Um, we're not even certain right now what's going to happen with our middle school girls basketball season, um, which is tough because those girls already had their preseason. They've already got a lot of the work in to get the season going. In fact, we had one contest. And then after that, we were kind of uh, hit or miss, and that was pretty much the only contest that we got in. So, you know, we're anticipating some direction as to what's going to happen with our middle school drill season, as well as when will our boys' season kick off. Well, I think that you bring up an important point. It's not just the school or the conference making a determination or the even the MHSSA. You know, so we're waiting to hear from, you know, the, the state on uh, certain issues. And then when the state gets... You know, they resolve their matters, then it goes to the MHSSA, to the conference, and then feeds down to us. And I think right. that's an important thing for people to understand. So at the high school level, what what is the thoughts, Keith, right now? Well, actually, just, just this morning, uh, the other athletic directors in the TVC and I, we had a, uh, a Zoom meeting this morning talking about what could happen. What are some contingency plans that, that we have um, that are, that are going to be available Uh, We we already know that, uh, you know, obviously we're going to have some shortened season when it comes up to this winter. We're not going to be able to get all those games that we would have originally had in December um, already scheduled. So we we do have some schedules that are that are being built for the third time um, with these new close ups or new close downs of starting um, back in December or in January of January 4th is when we can actually start um, our winter sports as of now, this could change. This could change at any time. Right. So, right now, we're looking at the new year for even practices. Practices, practices currently right. can start on December 9th. Okay. So, when we go back to school, practices can start. And then January 4th is competition. First competition, correct. Okay. Yeah, at well, the high that, school is, level. that is as of right now. I mean, that mm-hmm. could always change with uh, anybody else's. Uh, you know if the governor governor or the MHsa make an announcement so being associated with hemlock Public school district and our athletic program what makes each of you the most proud um I, I can start I mean I can tell you right now in my new role as principal and athletic director it's kind of changed my perspective you know I mean before my, my blinding was kind of on our, our instrumental music program and uh, of course, I had my time in this, in this district as a coach and very involved in athletics and, you know, I, I still have a place in my heart for that as well. But the word that comes to mind for being associated with athletics at Hemlock Public School, as far as the middle school goes, is dedication. Um, these students and these athletes have been dedicated to something that they were not even promised to be there. For instance, I look at our, our middle school girls basketball season. Um, they, they prepared, they work, they've been at practice, they've, they've been preparing for the season that they weren't guaranteed would even be there. So that dedication makes me very proud. Um, it, it makes me excited to watch them progress and grow each week. When I look at our cross-country team in the fall and I look at our volleyball teams in the fall, it was exciting for me to be able to see them grow each week. And, and lastly, I would say um, I think the growth of these players at the middle school level is a true testament the middle school coaches that we have here to help drive this athletic program. Um, we all know that middle school age is, is a tough age, and I, I really truly believe that these coaches have really been an important part in these athletes' lives to help them through their maturation process. Fantastic. And and, and Don, I, I'm gonna I want to echo the exact same thing Josh said. Is it's, it, it's it even starts before our middle school program, though. It starts at our youth program. And, and that's, that's, I guess that's one of the things that makes me really proud is, you know, I had the opportunity to coach a lot of these athletes uh, when they were younger and coach them up through youth sports and to see them continue to grow and to, to not have a lot of drop-off. We, a, lot of, a lot of schools that we play, they'll have a senior class with six kids in it, you know, on a, on a football team. You know, we have over a dozen seniors. Our kids stayed with it because of the experiences that they had through youth, through middle school, up into high school, and and that's that's only going to have are going to breed success. And and I, another proud thing that I had this year uh, was able to watch our football team um, gel together. You you they, that was as close of a team as I that I've ever seen of you. You did, You couldn't tell who a senior, who a junior, who a sophomore was out there. They were all one unit cheering for each other, loving each other. And when you have that type of relationship with your teammates, it, it, you're going to have, automatically have success. That's going to last a lifetime. Absolutely. You know, what are we focusing on as we move forward, you know, for improving our athletic program? Is there anything that we're, you know, big or small, that you say, hey, this is something that we're committed to doing and trying to make the experience and the programs better for our students? Well, I would say, you know, at the middle school level especially, we're always looking for coaches. And sometimes being a coach is, um, you know, we've talked about it back and forth, the three of us, about, you know, when we first started coaching, we were just excited for the opportunity. And I can't believe that you're going you're to give me a little bit of a paycheck there. I was excited, I was just excited to be in the activity and around the kids and and, uh, building those relationships. And so from my perspective, you know, when we can get people from the community that really want to invest in the youth of tomorrow, we're always looking for coaches. Um, But from a a standpoint of of making our our facilities better, we're always trying to work at making our facilities better, um, improving, um, you know, all of our athletic facilities as well as as our normal school facilities. Uh, but we're proud of our school district, and we're always looking at those ways that we can improve uh, any of our programs. Drew, really. you know, And in in an, on top of improving our facilities, we also and, and our in our coaching staff, um, you know, we're also looking at what can we do to improve our off-season training for our athletes. What can we do to give them more opportunities uh, for weight room, uh, different training opportunities? Things to be ready, so they're physically ready and superior. Um, and when you have your physically ready, you're physically more superior. You're going to have less injuries. Um, you are going to have uh, better success on the field or on the court. So those are things that we always have to to take a look at. And I think the the, the one underseen area is we also need to try and improve some of our our parent cooperation. We need to have more. Parent volunteers helping out with our boosters, and, and if we can find some ways to get more parents involved in supporting our programs, the more success it's going to be for the kids and and for the Hemlock Huskies. So what I heard, I just want to recap, and then you guys can confirm or deny uh, whatever uh, is said. But is as we move forward, improving our program for students, we've really got three things on the horizon. One, we need to recruit uh, coaches. Uh, we need to keep coaches and retain them. Uh, two, we need volunteers. You know, the athletic program runs on volunteers, you know, the getting engaged in the boosters. And I'm going to tell you, you know, as a parent, as a, you know, former athlete, a coach, you know, that some of the best times happen when you're in the concession stands, hanging out in, you know you're helping out, and it's fun. And so, you know, some of the best times are on the chain game. Some of the best times are are taking tickets and creating that camaraderie with others. And so, you know, if you can't coach, uh, you don't feel that passion to coach. You can always volunteer, and that can be at whatever level you can make work in your schedule. And then the third thing, Keith, and I don't want to extrapolate too much out of what you said, but what I heard is having our athletes be prepared in that in it, from what I gathered from that is it's a lot of off season work. And one of the things that, that we have to address moving forward as a district is our weight room fitness area. And it's, you know, quite frankly, from my perspective, it's, it's embarrassing. You know, we're, we've, you know, fielded great teams, great programs. We get, we have great, opportunities and learning things going on during the day for our in our physical education, you know, classrooms. And then you walk into our weight room slash fitness for students and the the equipment, the space is just not there. And uh, and I don't know if, if I'm putting words in your mouth, Keith, I want to make sure to clarify that. Um, but I think it's one of the things that w- moving forward, we need coaches, we need volunteers. And we need to enhance our facility to prepare kids. You you are definitely not putting words into my mouth. It's it, it, it's a reality. Our our fitness area is subpar compared to many of our peers, and we need to put an emphasis into that area uh, to, to help have the success and to limit those injuries. <laughs> yeah, the, the the you know out of season working out. You know, getting your muscles strong and tone, and and all those things that that involves makes a difference in season. So, do you guys have any parting words? Anything else you'd like to share? I, I you know, I one thing that I'm always so proud of, and I was a little disappointed this year was that we we did not have the opportunity to have as many fans. Um, come into the games that we generally had, and that's that's one thing that, that I pride ourselves on in Hemlock that we are a community first, and we do we celebrate, we commiserate together as a as a whole community. And those are some things that, with the COVID rules, we weren't able to do this year. Um, I was always so happy to watch our football team uh, prepare, doing a moment of silence with the band before they came out every game, uh, we weren't able to do that this year. And to see uh, the, the the stands be empty for many games uh, was, was disappointing. And I just look forward to having those stands filled back up um, once we're through the the COVID shutdowns. I'd just like to say, you know, through this crazy year that we've all endured, I'm, I'm – you know, especially doing, coming right off of Thanksgiving, I'm so thankful for the opportunities that we have had for the middle school students to compete. Um, obviously, I, I, I hope for more. I hope for many more this year, but I'd be remiss if I were, didn't let you guys know I was thankful for the opportunities that we have had. So, for me, I think that uh, I'm just thankful for um, that our kids got to compete this fall, that we, we did have a chance. I'm thankful for both of you. Um, I don't know how we've managed through this fall uh, without the, the two of you doing what you do and uh, very appreciative of that. Uh, with that, I just, you know, if our fans have any questions, concerns, you know, they can contact us at our phone number 989-642-5282 and uh, go Huskies.